Our recent editorial on the BMJ.com explains the BMJ's position on open data when it comes to the research that we publish. Uh, I'm joined on the line from Boston by Elizabeth Loder, who's looking after the BMJ's research at the moment. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, Duncan. Um, So can you explain for our listeners uh, what our data sharing requirement is and, and what's changed about it recently? Yes, well, since January of 2013, the BMJ has had a policy in place that says that any randomized controlled trials of drugs and devices that are submitted to the BMJ have to be submitted along with a promise that the authors will make the individual patient data available to other researchers upon reasonable request. What's changed is that we are now, as of July 1st, 2015, extending this policy to include all clinical trials, not just trials of drugs and devices. So trials, for example, of behavioral interventions or non-drug interventions, trials that have been funded by academic or government payers. Sure. So what has prompted this extension? The extension of this policy to all clinical trials from just clinical trials of drugs and devices is is really motivated by our interest in being part of a much broader movement that is aimed at increasing the transparency of clinical research. We started with trials of drugs and devices because, of course, there has been a lot of attention paid to possible Uh, reporting problems and other difficulties in the reporting of research that has been funded by industry. But it is very clear that reporting problems in clinical trials are not limited to the corporate sector, that these affect academic and government-sponsored trials as well. So in light of our interest in making clinical trial data transparent and open and available to all, we are extending our policy. Our our interest in this matter goes way back. We are a sponsor of the All Trials Initiative. We've been intimately involved in many other movements aimed at making trial data and clinical research data more accessible. And in part, this latest move is, is linked to the policy, or our latest policy is responding to the Institute of Medicine report that was recently released, which encourages everyone in the medical research community to move towards a culture where data sharing is the norm, not the exception. And we think it's time for medical journals to play their part in this, so we extended our policy as a response to that and other things. That's a good question. There certainly are many reasons to want the data from all sorts of studies to be widely available to other researchers, and I believe that we are moving in that direction. At present, the BMJ encourages the authors of all research studies to make their data accessible. We do require a data sharing statement for all research articles, but we don't require that authors of observational or other forms of research studies, such as meta-analyses or systematic reviews, we don't require that they agree to do this. We simply require that they state ahead of time what their policy is about sharing data. We encourage all authors to make their data available available upon reasonable request. So if they are approached by other researchers who have a reasonable research question, appear to have the capability to analyze the data appropriately and have a plan to do so, 
we really hope that most scientists would agree to share their data. Now, an author who wants to publish um, in the BMJ may not always own the data their study is based on. What would we do in a situation like that? It's true that sometimes researchers are subject to agreements that they may have with perhaps a registry that provided the data to them or a company that has given them access to data from a clinical trial. We would certainly want to know about that ahead of time, and I think our policy requiring a data sharing statement would force them to disclose that up front. I think we'd have to deal with that on a case-by-case basis. In most situations, however, the data uh, upon which the authors are forming their impressions really are in their, are under their control. And I think it would be possible in most cases for them to provide the information that they've used in coming to their main conclusions to other people for scrutiny. And practically, how is it going to work? I mean, are we going to require that authors have already have some mechanism in place to share the data, like putting it in Dryad or a similar repository? Um, or is it more of a sort of ad hoc and just a, an agreement? At present, it's more of an ad hoc situation, and the agreement to share data doesn't necessarily mean that all authors will have their data in shape to be immediately shared. For many reasons, it's desirable to move to a system where everyone expects that they may need to share data and um, have their databases in in a position so that other people can interpret them, make keys available, for example, and um, make it obvious to other people who might not have participated in the research itself how to access the data. This is desirable for a lot of reasons, including um, the idea that the researchers themselves or people related to them may at some point in the future want to go back and interrogate their own database. It's surprising to me sometimes how many researchers say that they would have difficulty accessing their own data years later if, for example, the person who maintains the database um, leaves. Not everybody is in a position to extract data, particularly when they are stored in, in complex computer systems. So I hope that one one consequence of this policy is that more researchers will plan ahead of time to make it possible to reuse their data and the data will be in shape to be shared in more situations. At present, most researchers, I think, will be storing data on their own servers or in some other location, but Dryad and other repositories do remain possibilities for researchers, and the BMJ and BMJ Open have agreements with those data repositories. So the idea that there's no place to store the data really isn't an argument against data sharing. Now, we might publish something in, in good faith that an author will share their data. They've, they've said that they will. But then maybe they will subsequently renege on that promise. Um, what would we do in that situation? How would we, we uh, encourage the author to, to actually share the data that they said they would? We have thought about the possibility that authors who have agreed in principle to share data would end up deciding not to do so. And we encourage researchers who have requested data in those cases and who, have, who believe they've been refused inappropriately to contact us. 
The reality is that we're very limited in our ability to enforce these policies. Our usual response in this situation or in other situations where we are concerned about author behavior is to go to the academic institution with which they are affiliated and ask that institution to investigate or otherwise um, look into the matter. Obviously, there are situations where the investigators are not affiliated with institutions, and it's difficult to know how to respond in those cases. This is not just a concern when it comes to data sharing. It is a concern with any other sort of potential author misbehavior, um, plagiarism or other sorts of misconduct. Authors who are not affiliated with an institution uh, are in a situation where we don't have a lot of recourse if misbehavior occurs. Okay, so uh, so we do rely on on people to behave properly. And At the end of the day, we rely on on people to live up to their word, and and beyond that, we rely on institutions stepping up to take responsibility for the actions of people who are affiliated with them. Sure, um, and uh, last words, but how does this fit into the sort of wider? Um, publishing industry are, are the BMJ way ahead on this are we um, are we are we following on the footsteps of, of other um, journals who have successfully been able to do this other journals do have data sharing policies in place but the BMJ really has been a leader and we are very convinced of the important societal reasons for encouraging sharing of data from clinical trials and eventually other research as well the first thing is that we all, as patients or future patients, as doctors who offer treatments uh, and as scientists who evaluate them, we all have an interest in making sure that research is reproducible. And the best way to ensure that is to let everybody know that their data are subject to inspection and scrutiny by others. And making that possible, easy, and expected is probably one of the biggest safeguards against research misconduct, the idea that someone will or may be trying to reproduce your results using your data, I think is one of the best deterrents against any likelihood of misuse or misrepresentation. The other reason to encourage the sharing of data is that it really um, makes certain that data collected from patients and volunteers and participants in clinical research is put to its highest and best use. The data live on and they are um, there for researchers who have questions in the future that may not even have been thought of at the time the data were collected. Um, they're there for researchers to make use of and in some cases it may reduce or eliminate the need to do additional research and expose additional research participants to harm or inconvenience. And finally, it's just good practice for researchers to get into the habit of collecting data carefully and storing it in a way that makes it possible for themselves and others to use it in the future. It's just good research practice, and I think the, the expectation that data will be shared should lead to better practices when it comes to collecting and storing data, and in, in the end, that is in everybody's best interest. Um, Elizabeth, thank you very much for, for joining us to, to talk about that. Uh, and the editorial with all of the details of the BMJ's uh, data sharing policy is now available on thebmj.com. <laughs>